See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice again? La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, sing it, baby. Listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the beautiful game network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team. Here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Welcome into the Curse Cast. I'm RJ Montano alongside David Carl, and we are joined by a third co-host tonight, David. Yeah, it's uh, the Sultan of... I don't know. I had something lined He's up. He's amazing. Let's He's just put good. that out there. I had nicknames all lined up. I had them in my head. Sultan of something. Sultan of something. The uh, something of pictures the he's good at photos clicks and buttons. he's he clicks buttons real nice like the creative director and design genius behind the marketing over at new mexico united genius is a strong word director might be too strong too josh lane <laughs> <laughs> hey you're no director of innovation oh yeah that guy that's is, the coolest that's title that sorry else. josh that's the coolest title yeah i mean who gave it to him though I think he gave it to him. <laughs> he gave it to himself. He's like, hey, I want to be this. Well, we're talking okay. about Lucas, so if you guys didn't know this, and Lucas Ooh. sucks. Welcome in, Josh. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy so. to happy to finally have you in the studio. We had you on the show last year, but you were literally in an airport in a car. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a bit janky, so hopefully I sound a little bit better this time and can contribute a little bit better. You have to follow the uh, dulcet tones and silky chords of Alex Mansfield from last week, so good luck. Yeah, I I cannot bring the level of analysis that Alex Mansfield brings, but I'll do my best impression of his he voice. He was sitting in that chair, talking to that microphone, so... Uh, no pressure. A lot of pressure. So, uh, we, gentlemen, had a real live game that counted this past week for the first time in months. Austin Bold won, New Mexico United nil, your final. Um, a tough loss for New Mexico United, frankly, in my opinion, because... They were the better team on the pitch on the day. Um, I thought they outplayed Austin top to bottom. I mean, it wasn't overwhelming in either direction, but I thought New Mexico was the better team. I don't know what the expected goals, the XG stat on it would be, but I thought New Mexico played uh, much better. Josh, your initial reaction to the match, again, New Mexico falls 1-0. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough to start the the season off like that. And um, I got to say that that first 15 minutes – that high press from United looked incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we just needed to, you know, the, the guys just needed to keep going with it. And um, I think in the second half, something changed and we let uh, Austin play Austin scrappy style. And um, I know that, uh, you know, the, the messaging in the locker room is we, we can't be okay with losing. Um, so, you know, the, they're going to they're gonna spend a lot of time this week reassessing and making sure that that doesn't happen again this year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, New Mexico United, RJ, playing without several players. We were all aware that Ryan Williams would be out. Uh, he had a surgery recently, so that wasn't necessarily surprising. We did have three players on the back line who were out. Your captain, Josh Suggs, 
Austin Yearwood and Rashid Tate. That obviously mixes up the back line quite a bit, losing those three guys. What were your impressions of how New Mexico had to adjust in that way? So it was a surprise because we didn't know that these guys were going to be out. We we totally expected these guys to be playing. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, defensively, we thought we were going to be in a good position, which we still were they in a great well position. They played well defensively, yeah. In, in all... all Looking back at it, we, we were still in a great position defensively. Um, you can tell that the cohesion just wasn't quite there, though. Uh, I think with, with um, Suggs and Rush being out, that's a big part of what was the dynamic from last season that kind of would have rolled over this season. Sure. Plugging in another player with them um, kind of would have helped a lot. But I, I think even though that it was a whole, almost an entire new line to each other, they still had a hell of a game. Yeah, I thought defensively we were very solid. Um, obviously, giving up one goal and it's a penalty uh, is an indication of a pretty good defensive game. In addition to that, they only had one shot on goal for the entire match. So despite the fact that New Mexico was kind of playing out of position in a lot of ways defensively, they still played a very good match defensively. You had David Najem switching over from the right to the left, which is out of position for him, but he still played very well. Uh, you essentially had to kind of mix things up for that as well because it wasn't just Josh Suggs and uh, Austin Yearwood being out. It's Josh Suggs and Austin Yearwood being out when they play the same position. Mm-hmm. So that really kind of compounds things. Um, and again, admirable work from that back line, despite the fact that they were playing out of position, potentially out of formation. I'm not really sure at this point. I don't think anybody really knows what Troy's set formation is. I don't know if Troy has a set formation, frankly, but the guys did really well in something that was probably pretty uncomfortable for him. Yeah, it, it was It was definitely um, one of those games where you go into it with, you know, not your ideal situation. You know, having four guys out injured is Three of three of them being, you know, big contributors to your back line makes it tough. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard when you know Suggs, your captain, isn't isn't there to to help kind of guide the the guys who are there for the first time. But I tell you what, man, seeing 150 supporters in the crowd, um, that that gave the new guys uh, a sense of what this club is about. And I just know, you know, a couple of weeks from now when they they see it in front of, you know, 12,000 plus, it's it's going to be a whole different game for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And we are so, so excited to have them there and so excited to kick things off in our place. We've got another two weeks before we do it. Um, And between now and then, we play in Tulsa. That's going to be an important match for us to bounce back in, you know, Tulsa is a team that looks very different than they did last year, not just in the rebrand, but in some of the players they brought in. Rodrigo DaCosta, who we kind of pointed out in our preseason Western Conference preview as a a key player for them, scored in his first match, and they drew. Um, So they're off to a a better start than I think some people expected. I think they can sneak into the playoffs. I think they're they're a better team than most people expect. So it'll be important to potentially go on the road and get three points, RJ. Yeah, so that that's what I'm worried about too. Is is who's going to be back in time for that match? Right. And it, it is it as important to to you know maybe get a draw or or a win on the road to to bring that momentum back home? Mm. Or is is that going to be okay if we come off of two losses starting at home? You know, we can regroup, have that home win, uh, that home game to to kind of regroup for. So I, I was wondering, I was going to ask you that. I mean, how important is this Tulsa match? I mean, it's game two, uh, and we've had some people already on the edge in after one match, and a great match where we were obviously the better team. They just got a lucky penalty. Yeah, we're going uh, to talk about that penalty in a little bit. Too. Yes, yeah. So, so I mean, if if we do 
you know, not have our players back on that back line and we do maybe drop another three points. How important is it? Or how big is that? Yeah, I have seen what you're talking about on social media where there's some folks who after one match where, again, my opinion, we were the better team, suddenly the sky is falling because we didn't win that match. And let's take a step back. Let's take a deep breath and realize this is a long season and there's a long way to go. We lost one match and again, we were the better team. Start there. Second, something you and I, RJ, have talked about a lot. We are a much deeper team than we were last year. So let's say we do have some players who are out next week. I, I can't imagine that all three of the players who potentially, uh, you know, Ryan's not going to be back because he's recovering surgery, but I can't imagine the other three players will all be back. It'd be great if they were, um, but we can't assume that. I'm less worried about it than I think some people on social media for some reason are. I just, I guess I don't just agree with the concern, frankly. Yeah. You know, obviously I want us to win. Obviously dropping points is always bad, especially against, again, a team who I think can sneak into the playoffs and will be somebody who you could potentially be competing with for a playoff spot. With that said, you always want to get as much motivation as you can, as much momentum as you can. Um, now, is the question essentially if you have the option to bring back players fresh for El Paso and rest them, make sure they're completely healthy for El Paso. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, let's let's make sure. Like, let, let's not rush our back line back. Let's, let's not, not rush. rush. Let's not rush. Let's rush, not rush, rush. <laughs> let's not rush them back. And then maybe we can save them for that home opener. Sure, sure. I don't think Troy would ever... If there was ever a concern about a player re-injuring or a player not being prepared, I can't imagine Troy would put them in that position. You know, not... Again, this early in the season especially. I think Troy is going to do whatever he can to win the match, obviously, but that would not be at the risk of players being injured long-term, I think is the way I would look at it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, just to kind of tag on what you're saying there, David, for me, it's it's a long season, yes, um, and, you know, losing the first game is not the tone we want to set from the team side. I think... You know, we, we were privileged last year in terms of how we started the season. That was quite a Cinderella story. Um, and I know that if you look at the on the whole, there was there was ups and downs there. And there will be this year, and there there will always be ups and downs for, for every single club. But I just know that, you know, in, in the, the mind of the players it's you know, it's it's win or, or we're letting them down. So, you know, when, when when we do look look back on something, they're always going to focus on what they can do better, and um, we have to we have to support them in that. Yeah, and let's say maybe Austin's back next week and Josh isn't. You think Austin isn't going to bust his ass the entire time because he wants to make sure he's good for El Paso? No, he's going to be on the pitch and he's going to be running as hard as he can. He's going to be going into every tackle. I don't think there's any doubt on that. Well, if you look at what the players have been posting on social media, they took it to heart. Yes. And, and the, right the message has been family, and we're going to try harder, and we're sorry, and, which is not necessary. I mean, it's a game one. Like, you know, we're, we're good. No team we're goes good. unbeaten except yeah. for Arsenal. That's fine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, just seeing the messaging, though, like, like this is a family, it's great to see that, too. Like, they've all bought into New Mexico. They've all bought into New Mexico United. This is something that I think we can look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that Austin match, what we saw so far. So 12th minute was kind of the first real chance of the match. A uh, ball comes across the top of the box to Romeo Parks to flex up in the air, kind of goes around Romeo's head. He has mm-hmm. trouble locating it, but falls to B's a little awkwardly. He kind of puts a half volley on it, deflected out, uh, so still uh, remains nil-nil there. Uh, Tanari puts in another shot that goes just wide, goes out for a goal kick. Uh, 34. First minute, the highlight's coming up now. 
Devin. Oh my goodness. All right. So yeah, I have a bike. Sign yeah. Oh my it's God. not a New Mexico United game without Devin Sandoval's bicycle. It, <laughs> and it was so pretty too. And it wasn't, it wasn't far off. No. It was not far off. And it was from far out. It was nearly the 18. So Tanari uh, gets a ball about 25 yards out, knocks it toward Devin in the air. Dev says, I'm about 18 yards out. Yeah. Why not? Have a bike. Uh, it goes wide, but man, it was. I, I yelled because it was pretty quiet uh, in that stadium, with the exception of the New Mexico United fans. Uh, I yelled, "That was really cool," because um, it was really cool. But forty-fourth uh, minute, uh, Austin gets their first real chance of the match. Uh, ball driven along to the end line. Played across uh, net. Cody's defending his near post. Kind of goes off his hand and goes right to an attacker for New Mexico United. I mean, excuse me, for Austin Bold. I don't remember who it was. Gets lost in the in the feet of that attacker. Uh, and Justin Schmidt's there to clear it away. Jeez. So uh, essentially saves a goal there. Uh, good job by Schmidt. He clears it off the line. I think that was the save of the match, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, it was the save of the match, and rightfully so. Yeah, I, I love, and don't get me wrong, I love Cody to death, but I do love it when a position player gets save of the match, an outfield yeah, player. Yeah, big time. That's cool. Um, and then right before the half, uh, this one hurt a little bit. Oh, man. You know the one I'm getting to, Josh. This back. Uh, so this is in the 46th minute. Ball's cleared away, but uh, only as far as Kalen Ryden, the brick shit house himself, and he takes it off of the right wing and drives all the way down the pitch, 50 yards. What a run for the big man. Beautiful. To the end line, puts it across. Amanda Moreno It trickles right to him. He's got a ton of space and just leans back, lifts it over the bar in the 46th minute. That was... New Mexico's best chance of the match. Um, love them under to death. That should have been a goal. Should have been 1-0 going into halftime. Two of their players were down on the pitch. Uh, that one hurt quite a bit. So uh, we go into halftime at 0-0. I'm sure Armando uh, would love to have that one back. Uh, then I don't remember what the minute marker was, but the series of events that leads to this goal for Austin. Ball's bouncing around around the top of the 18. Uh, the attacker for Austin Bold clearly, very clearly, handball off of him. Uh, the replay very clearly shows it. It's not even off of his arm or shoulder where it's questionable. It's off of his hand. He controls the ball with his hand. Not called. Uh, Justin Schmidt runs back in. A bit reckless. Um, comes in behind the uh, the attacker and uh, barrels through him. PK awarded. Cody did his best to stop it, but you can't blame the guy for a PK. So 1-0, Austin Bolden. That is how it would finish. Uh, again, a tough loss, as you as we've all mentioned, uh, but we can move on to it and look at Tulsa, yeah? Agreed. Yeah. I, I do want to go back to that, though. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there, I went back to, to just see. There was the no penalty one, sequence? Yes. Yeah. There was nobody between the referee and the handball. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was masked either. Right. It was wide open. It was there. It happened. Should have been called. Nothing was called. Uh, but... You're, you, and you, you said it right. I mean, Schmidt did run in a little recklessly. He, he did cause the penalty. It was, it was soft. Yeah. Very soft. Yeah, it was a soft penalty. But it was a penalty. I mean, if you go by by the rule of the law, it was a penalty. And, and Andre Lima. Lima, I mean, that's who it was, yeah. He, he just, I mean, he put it kind of in the top. Top part of the. It's a great I mean, PK. He, he just. I mean, Cody went the right way too. It just yeah. went just a little over Cody. Yeah, um, his, his fingertips got to it. Oh really? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a great PK. Away. I mean, it, it was a great PK and a, and a great attempt by by Cody to stop that. Um, I, I noticed this throughout the match, and and I want to see if if I'm being biased or or what you thought about this. Uh, the tougher New Mexico United played, the more Austin would would dive. Hmm. I didn't notice that specifically. Um, I noticed there were several dives, particularly in the midfield. Um, I didn't notice kind of that 
changing throughout the level of it, I guess. So you mean like the the higher the so, press? Yeah, or? the higher the press, the more New Mexico United was was pushing, the more Austin would would flop and I'm sure get they're the uncomfortable. Call. Yeah, yeah. And, and and if 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 you see like uh, I can't remember what sequence it was, but so, someone kind of like brushed by Devin and they they he fell and and, and you know we get the the foul ball goes the other way sure. uh, someone runs right into Devin Devin stays strong and, and nothing yeah. nothing at all and it, it would have been a foul in the NBA I was gonna say I was about to say it's like NBA referees yeah so uh, it's almost like you're saying RJ that USL championship officiating is not good and I'm not saying after game one that the you know, USL is the worst officials I've ever seen which they are they are I mean they yeah. are but I, I don't know what what do you do in that situation is there is there a game plan that you go against where these teams are just gonna start flopping the, the goalie flopped yeah uh, that's the thing. I, there's not much you you can do. I mean, poor officiating is poor officiating. And we talked a little bit to Kay, about Kalen about about <clears throat> words. We talked to Kalen a little bit about that when he was on the show. You know, what do you do when officiating kind of is bad or calls aren't being made or calls are a little too stringent? And he talked about you just got to continue to play your game and put your head down and try not to let it affect you. Um and I mean, I don't know what more you can ask. The problem is, it looked like the officiating did kind of frazzle United uh, in that, especially in that second half. In that mm. first half, they looked great. It just a couple opportunities that didn't go our way, but it looked like um, they were trying to play both you know, Austin and not pick up fouls. Yeah, and I think um, the back line injuries hurt New Mexico in that they weren't able to play their style nearly as much because. Austin had the ability, I think, particularly as you mentioned in the second half, to kind of play a little more scrappy and a little more aggressive up top. That forced us to not necessarily have as much space in the midfield and not be able to bring it up through midfield, which is how we would like to play. Um, so, yeah, I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly. Um, it's something that we need to work on, and I'm sure Troy has already addressed it uh, probably a hundred times. But uh, it's something that moving forward, I think we'll get better at. And again, it's why it's so important to have that depth. And another sequence, uh, in the 77th minute, there was kind of a little dust-up. Uh, Jorge Troncoso and David Najim. Uh, Troncoso, it's foul, ball's going United's way. Uh, Troncoso picks up the ball and just starts walking off with it. And uh, it, it looked like Najim, I mean, Najim was trying to get the ball back, but it looked like he lost a little bit of his temper, took a swipe at it. The ball, not not at the player. Sure. But uh, I thought that was a reckless foul. Just... just from a player of, of his stature, of, of, of his experience, I, I really hated seeing that. And I get it, though. I've, I've been more frustrated. Yeah, than, I, say, I think you understand the play. frustration. I do right? understand it. You, I mean, they're stalling. They're walking away with the ball. They're doing everything they can. It's frustrating. Uh, but that sequence there, too, is just something I was questioning. Just, you know, kind of hard to pick up a yellow in that situation. Yeah, and it's match one. You know, again, we talk about New Mexico getting better throughout the season, and they will. I would, I would imagine that goes for mental toughness as well. You know, they're going to continue to build. Troy's going to continue to help this team build, both physically, mentally, and in preparation. So let's chalk it up to match one jitters and move on, yeah? Yep. All right, so match two again, Tulsa. We're going to talk a little bit about Tulsa after the break, I think, and kind of what we can expect from them. We're also going to get to your questions for Josh. We've got a lot of big fans for him, uh, and so we'll be right. I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm one of them, hey too. Hey, guys, big fan. Big fan. So we got that coming up right next. Right next? Right next. Right next. Yeah, coming up right next on the CurseCast. I want to 
Where United goes, the curse will follow. But when it comes to New Mexico, the curse will lead. When you join the curse, a portion of your membership goes to help New Mexicans from all across the state. Working with organizations like the Read to Me Book Drive, Birthday Project NM, Watermelon Mountain Ranch, CLN Kids New Mexico, Casa Q, and so many more. Join the curse today and help us make New Mexico a better place for tomorrow. Hey, it's Pete Trevisani, and you're listening to The Curse Cast. We're doing it. Welcome back into The Curse Cast. David Carl, RJ Montano, joined by Josh Lane, Creative Director for New Mexico United. How are you, sir? I'm doing really good, man. Thanks so much for having me, guys. We love having you here. We are through one match. We got another one this week. We are playing at... FC Tulsa, newly rebranded. Really nice kits, by the way. The black and gold, the white and gold, both of them very nice. I like Super that. Super Yeah, looks like uh, the logo looks like a mega church, but uh, <laughs> but it's good. I like it. I, I did like the Roughnecks name, too, though. It was cool. I liked Roughnecks. Yeah, it was unique. Yeah. I mean. Looks like the Houston Oilers logo. Yeah. Yeah. But, but this FC Tucson, I guess, is cool, too, with their their nice dove flying out of the church or, or whatever it is. It's a nice bird. It's yeah. a nice bird. But uh, in addition to the rebrand, some new faces on that club. Rodrigo de Costa is one we've already mentioned. The other one I thought was kind of one of the biggest signings of the offseason coming from the Eastern Conference, Bradley Bourgeois, one of the best center backs in the USL Championship. Really interested to see how he will do this year moving to the Western Conference. Josh. He's coming from Nashville, right? Yep. Man. He Yeah. He is one of the reasons that they've had success over the past few years, and um, it's a it's a big name signing, but it's a it's a big task to turn that club around. But if you look at you know from the ownership down and just the way that uh, it all seems to be playing out, I mean you know a draw in their first game is a decent result. I think you know going home. I don't know what their their ticket sales are looking like. I'm hoping that they're doing better than than last year, but you know I, I would love for that team to. Um, kind of live up to this new brand and and become a, a, a kind of staple of the Western Conference. I think they're capable of it. Um, I just know that uh, you know that stuff doesn't happen overnight. So. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, it's uh, it's a team that I think, to your point, is getting better, is moving in the right direction. But I think it's going to take more than a year. Um, another big signing for them was uh, Lebo Moloto, who's going to be a guy who's going to score a lot of goals for them. Um, so between him and DaCosta, I think that's going to be most of their goals uh, coming from the midfield, which is really interesting and, a, and an interesting setup for them. Again, DaCosta scoring in that first match. So moving on from FC Tulsa, New Mexico United's second matchup, let's talk a little bit about Josh Lane. Oh, no. The man, the myth, the legend that is the creative director for New Mexico United. A lot of hype here, guys. Big I, fan. I'll do what I, I do. What I can to live up to this. Oh, good luck. So we're gonna start with some questions that we got uh, on Facebook, Twitter, yada yada, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll start with Savannah Hoover, who says, "Hi, Josh. Big fan. We'd love to know which player wins your man crush status." Question goes for David and RJ too. Oh man, that's I did this question to you guys on one of the first show. I did it to Lucas actually, and uh, he still hasn't let me. Live that down. So <laughs> sounds like he went through a proxy. <laughs> yeah, to get the I, I, I think here. Savannah's been paid off. Um, <laughs> Savannah's still a big fan, though. Uh, love your work, um, man. That's uh, that's hard. My, I got I, I got a couple. I got a couple. I got I got a shout out. Um, Sam Hamilton and I are the only ones who have our own handshake. 
So Ooh, that's that's big. That's, that's romantic. It's a different level. Yeah. Um, he's a ledge. Uh, Suggsy is one of the most inspiring human beings I've ever met. Um, that's I got I got a name drop him there. Um, everyone's got a big heart for Dev, and rightfully so. Um, I think what I love about Dev is what. Kristen pointed out on the WAG show that he's actually quite a nerd. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he, he's he's got such an such an appetite for knowledge. Um, man, I don't know, man. It, it's picking just, just one is is really hard. Uh, but uh, I'll I'll stick I'll stick with Samilton. He's my guy. All right, Day Sam one. Hamilton. What about you? I I'm with Josh. This is hard to pick one. Yeah, I, I love the New Mexicans. So Suggs and Devin. Just I mean, listening to Suggs talk in there too. Yeah, and, and Schmitty. And, and I mean, we had kind of mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Bees is honorary. Uh, just listening to them talk, you're just like, man, I love my state so much more. I'm so proud of it. But we've also had the new guys on, David Najem, and and the Brick Shit House. Yeah, I mean, when he was in here, God, that guy is huge. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, I might have to go with Kalen. Kalen Ryden. That's all. That's a good. That's a good shout. He was. He played really well in that first match. Yeah. It's very impressive. If he plays like that the whole season, I'm very happy with the way the left side of that the the whole setup of the club's going to look. It's Although we, we we were able to we were privy to that video that on the Wag show that they were talking about with Weehan and the wig. And I don't know hair. what you're talking about. See, uh, so, I still so, have yet to see. There's this. no video. It was. So, it doesn't exist. So RJ. Whatever video may have been or may off. not. Have, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seeing that too, that, that might change my mind. There <laughs> makes you love Weehan even more. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. If if that video did exist, it might make me love bees a little bit more, uh, but it doesn't. So sorry, bees. <laughs> uh, I think for me, I, I'm on a little bit of a Philip Beigel kick right now. Oh. You know, oh nice, I, that's and, a handsome lad. Yeah, he is. He is uh, straight out of Germany. Uh, Germany sent their best. I think. I'm again, like both of you had said, it's hard to name just one. So I'm just gonna pick one that uh, I've been on a kick kick about lately, and I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to see him potentially get some minutes out there and. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Philip Beigel is uh, my current man crush, and we'll see who it is tomorrow. We'll see. It's gonna. It always it rotates. Changes, yeah. Rotates daily, if not by the minute. Um, all right. Up next from Sombrero Mom, Monica Tenorio. She said, "Who is your favorite fan to photograph?" J.K. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> what made you want to become a photographer slash creative director? Because man, you're good. And were you a soccer fan before working for United? So it's three questions in one there. That's great. Uh, Sombrero Man is the answer to that question. Yeah, that's though. the right if, answer. If there's any photographer, Sombrero Child. He's a child. Uh, he's Sombrero he's, he's the guy. He's he's the one and only. <laughs> the mustache. <laughs> it's coming in, man. Yeah. Just watch out. Um, he's gonna beat up Manny one day. <laughs> Uh, I think he has. He's got a good stash. He yeah. does. And Manny does. shaved his. What the hell, Manny? Yo, Manny will have that thing back. He probably has 30 it back seconds. By now, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's Tuesday. He shaved it on Saturday. He has he a sneezed mustache. it right out. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's those are some great questions. I was I, I grew up a football fan. My um, my dad's side of the family, uh, they're all from Manchester. So I was raised a United fan, uh, which is, you know, they're. They're not the greatest team in the world at the moment, but they did beat Man City this weekend, so which they're the best team in Manchester, um, which counts for something. Yeah, I think everybody is pretty much happy about that happening. Yeah, yeah, City sucks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I grew up loving the sport um, as a kid, played a lot of FIFA, uh, probably played more FIFA than I should have. I should have been outside actually playing soccer. Um <laughs> But it, it did give me kind of that imagination to, you know, I want to create a club. Like, that would be that would be pretty rad. So, um, 
you know, when it when it all kind of fell into place and this team was coming about uh, in, in Lucas Cash, who was actually, he was a former uh, academic advisor of mine. Um, he said, uh, you know, I should, I should be a part of this. And Pete then told me I had to be a part of this. So, you know, <laughs> no, but uh, does he pay you at all? <laughs> <laughs> he's actually, uh, he's actually holding my mom hostage. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, yeah. So, so definitely did not know that I ever wanted to work in sports. That was very much a surprise. Um, definitely knew that photography from, from a young age, I, I picked up a camera when I was like 10 cause my, my dad always had one on him. And, um, so kind of fell in love with it because I wanted to be like my dad. Um, and never, honestly, the first professional sports game, this is going to be shocking. The first professional sports game I ever photographed was our home opener a year ago today. What? Wow. I'm so sorry. Uh, what? Hopefully Pete never hears this. Um, that was the first <laughs> professional sports event. I'm shocked. I mean, you were immediately, It's. it looked like you've been doing it for years. I've been taking pictures for years. Sure. Which helped. But sports photography is different. It's so different. It's, yeah. Um, so I had no idea I wanted to work in sports. Uh, and I, I happened into it by virtue of pure dumb luck and um, got hooked to the point where it's all I think about night and day. Uh, except the people I love. Um, and uh, jump up that shutter speed, huh? Yeah, man. We're, we're shooting at uh, one eight thousandth of a second whenever we can. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I, I do want to say, was it about, how long ago was it that you had your opening at the gallery there? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was, so we opened, shouts out to New Mexico Prints, uh, a little gallery in downtown. They do pretty exquisite work. We opened that gallery space back in, I think, uh, May of last year. Um, that, uh, that was when that was, that was kind of the last time I, I got to display sort of more of my, my personal work in that, in that way. Well, and I bring that up to say we went to that opening and it was Incredible. amazing work. Yeah. From Josh and from a lot of other people, including Josh Suggs's dad. Holy. Which, you, that stuff was amazing. You talk about legendary New Mexican photographers, Wayne Suggs. That guy is unreal. Yeah. Um, he, he. He is as dedicated to his work as his son is dedicated to this sport. Yeah, um, it, it's it's unreal the the stuff that he does and the way he captures the Southwest. Um, if you guys don't know Wayne Suggs photography, then you have to check it out. It's incredible. The thing that I really liked about it, um, one of the things that I really liked about his photography was that it was not expected. Mm -hmm. um, there was one in particular that I recall. Uh, it was a photo taken seemingly in the middle of the desert, and there was a bicycle with lights on it. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't make sense why it was there. It was abstract and obscure, and I loved it. It was one of my favorite ones that he did. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, I echo that. Wayne Suggs' stuff is absolutely amazing. But I bring that up to say, at that opening, I bought a photo that you did that I love. Yes, I love you. it to death. And I don't know if you know this, but since then, Chanel and I redid our living room. Uh -huh. We redid it based around that photo. No ways. Our wall is painted the color of the sky in that photo. Uh, we yeah. that's, that's a that's a great color. We yeah, it is. But we based we based the setup of our living room, the feel of our living room around the colors and feel of that photograph. Yeah, it's this beautiful uh, midnight blue sky. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, I absolutely love that photo, and it's it's up there. And there you go. Nice man. You yeah, it's an honor. We, we also picked up a photo from that day, yes. same time. And yeah, when we moved to, too. when we moved down to Albuquerque, 
we we bought the new house. The very first thing we did was hang up Josh's photo. <laughs> the first thing hanging with wow. not our wedding pictures, not a picture of my kids. <laughs> it was the photo we got from, you from might New Mexico Prince. Uh, priorities there, but RJ. no, it's a beautiful picture, and we were like, "This is going right here because this is where it has to go." We found the perfect spot for it. We built the house. You know, we we we've since finally got stuff up on the walls. But the, we moved in. We got the keys, and we put up the photo. Yeah, that's Honored. awesome. Honored. That's cool. And one of the things that we want to let people know here is a lot of the times when we get into these conversations with people surrounding New Mexico United, whether they be players, coaches, staff, friends, whatever it may be, this segment is often less about soccer and more about the people. Um, and so we're talking a little photography here and, and things that are important to Josh. So if you don't like it, tough cookies. Sorry. That's, I'm so sorry. No, oh, but and, and that's the thing. We we. We love it, and it intertwines with soccer, and it's wonderful, and we hope you're enjoying it, too. Yeah, I mean, you, you make a huge impact on our lives mm-hmm. as New Mexicans, and, and you bring this this passion, and, and we follow it in your photos of soccer. We follow it in your photos of New Mexico, of, of just anything you do. We, we feel your passion, so it's great to be able to celebrate this and, and, and talk about it on, on the show. Yeah, I love the format. I think it's important, and it's fun. Yeah. Agreed. All right, so we have another question on Facebook uh, from Stone Austin. What's been your favorite moment to be a part of and document for the team? And this is actually something really cool, too. Um, you you aren't just taking photos of the team. You're documenting history. Like, you are you are a scribe for the future. And and what is that like, like, knowing that? that that's really cool to kind of bounce off Stone Austin's question. That's a great, uh, that's great phrasing. I like scribe um, in terms of... That's, I mean, when we talk about, you know, on, on the nerdy side, we talk about, you know, how we're preserving our files and our data architecture and all the stuff that, like, no one ever wants to think about, but, like, is so crucial because um, we need to preserve these moments and we need to preserve these images. Um, yeah, there, there's so many moments that I've I've been honored to be a part of. Um, I think anytime I am in that locker room and Troy opens his mouth is, is a privilege. Um there, there's, there's, there's moments uh, when you know it's, it's, it's hard um, to, to be in that space and to, to, you know, to hear those words. But then there's other times where it's like the most inspiring thing you've ever heard. Uh, specifically, a, a few before the Open Cup games last year were, um, yeah. Th- there's, there's a vulnerability in that locker room that I'm, I'm very privileged to, to listen to. Um, but I do think, you know. Moments, the, my favorite moments um, to photograph and to be a part of are are the ones where we're all riding this high together and we're all we're all sharing in this this incredible, uh, you know, it's it's more than a, a team, it, it you know, this community, um, and and you know, some of that is definitely when I'm behind the lens and it's it's photographing you guys going crazy after a goal or. Um, seeing a, you know a, a kid in in the crowd who's you know obviously they're at their first game or something like that and they're you can see it in their eyes uh, how how different this is um, but my favorite moment was when uh, my family was at the Phoenix game last year because uh, my, my parents are they're the most incredible human beings on the planet um, and you know have given me like the most incredible life um, so getting to like see them, you know, experience, uh, man, I'm getting emotional <laughs> seeing them get, getting to experience this thing that, um, 
you know, they, they've, they've witnessed from afar and hopefully it's obvious that it's special, but them being a part of it and, and getting to see what it means to, to everyone, everyone around me, you know, I, I think that was, that was pretty cool. I love that. I love that. And yeah, your parents getting to see the thing that has become so much a part of your life for the first time. Right. That's so right. cool. I love that. It's going to happen for me in two weeks. That's my, awesome. My man. parents are coming to the match against El Paso. It's the first time they've ever been to New Mexico United match. It so it's good. only, their, I think, their second time ever to the state of New Mexico. Wow. You can uh, imagine we're going to put it on as the yes, curse for we, that we, match. We, as United, we got to step it up just for them. I'm, I'm excited to, you know, they're going to be sitting in 114, so the section next to us, mm-hmm. um, because I don't. I don't think the supporter section is probably their, their scene. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but I, I'm going to be, it's going to take everything in me not to just like constantly being like looking over and seeing their reactions to everything. Cause I got to focus, I got a capo, you know? Right. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure that was hard for you having them there. I, I would imagine you want to be, you want to see what they're doing and how they're reacting and all of that. Uh, yeah. Or are you able to block it out? I, I, I tried to block it out. I definitely, you know, there was moments where I look into the crowd and, you know, try and find their, that's where that big lens comes in handy. You're, actually, <laughs> you're trying to pick out people. Uh, no, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. It was, it was just like, you know, talking to them after the game, talking to them at halftime and, um, you know, sneaking a peek every now and then and seeing like how invested they are in it. I mean, that's, and my mom was actually at Star Bros, uh, this, this past Saturday. Oh, really? Um, and she was buzzing. She she said she felt like a, a celebrity because everyone knew that she was my mom. And so that's like insane. I've never met this woman. I need to meet her. Yeah, she's in town until Wednesday, so you got to meet her. That's um, awesome. She's she's incredible. All right, uh, moving on. We have a question from Andrew Bolte, who says, first time, long time. What kit do you use, and what would you recommend for the budding sports photographer? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Bolte, big fan. Um, what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, if if he approves of something that I do, then I know that I'm doing it right because he's such like a, a purist. He is. Um, so uh, the kit that we are using uh, this year um, for the staff photographer is a, a privileged setup. Shouts out to Pete. Thank you for believing in us and giving us access to pretty in- incredible equipment. But it's a Sony... Uh, A92 with a 400 millimeter 2.8, which is just ridiculous. That's that obscenely large, overcompensating for something type looking uh, <laughs> lens. <laughs> um, and then there's the a, a second camera is a um, Sony A7R4 uh, with a 70 200 millimeter lens 2.8. And these are just numbers to most people. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but Andrew, what I would recommend um, is getting a you know a mid-range, uh, probably mirrorless camera. So whether that's a, a Sony or a Canon or a Nikon, um, the the whole market is shifting to mirrorless. Um, but invest in good glass. Like a 50 millimeter 1.4 lens will last you a lifetime, um, and that will give you the most beautiful portraits in the world. And if you don't like photographing people, get over it and start photographing people because that's where that's where the magic is. So you find the emotion, right? Oh, yeah. That's cool. I mean, and that's coming from a landscape photographer. Right, right. That's cool. And I, I, I love that question because it's making something that, as you mentioned with all those numbers, can sound a little bit intimidating. You know, when he talks about it, for the budding sports photographer, tries to make it a little more accessible. Love that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, iPhones are coming a long way. So if, if all you have is, is your, your phone, um, 
look at some of our top performing posts ever. Uh, they're just mobile phone videos of you guys doing what you do so well. <laughs> so being idiots. No, it's, it's kind of our thing. It's incredible. <laughs> Uh, so uh, another hey Josh big fan uh, this one's from one of my biggest fans <laughs> uh, Susie, Susie. Uh, incredible she has just one question how dare you make me cry over an away kit release <laughs> video and I and I echo that I I, I have never felt so proud of, of being a New Mexican not even of my team of just being part of of being part of here being being part of this in, in that away kit video that it was incredible, man. I, I got to give you kudos to that because I know there's a whole team that went into that, but the, you guys did a hell of a job, and that was, I mean. It was capturing the emotion, too. It was more than just like, hey, this is our kit. Yeah, this is our kit, and here's, we play soccer. You you caught the culture of, of New Mexico. You caught the people of New Mexico and, and the wide range of, of emotions that, that you pulled out of us in, in that two-minute video was is incredible. And I want to. I Briefly, before you, you get to this answer, which I think is super important, Susie and I were at the Black and Yellow Bash. We're standing next to each other, watching the video, and it ends, and I've got tears in my eyes, and I look over at Susie, and she's got tears in her eyes, and we're both like, what the hell, Josh? See, and Josh, <laughs> Susie didn't grow up here, and Neither did I. didn't grow up here, yeah, so doing that, doing that to them, but, but also like me and Chanel, who did grow up here... I mean, it, it just inspires us and, and makes us feel like we have to be better people because of a video, a soccer kit release video. The two-minute yeah. video makes us all prouder to be New Mexicans. So I hope that uh, Marcos Travers and Isaiah Watts are listening to this because um, I cannot take credit for that video. Um, I Those guys put in an absolute shift over the course of a month and I was there when I could be, and I, I helped however I could be, and I definitely, you know, had my obsessive compulsive uh, uh, voice heard in the edit. Um, but that video was built on the back of uh, primarily Mark. Um, he's our he's our videographer, and holy shit, we're so lucky to have him. Um, but also, you know, attributed part of that video to to Lucas, who who helped us rein in our ambitions. Part of, no, 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 in, in the right way. <laughs> Um, no, no, just Lucas. In general, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and and Pete too. He he uh, he he was a you know one of the authors of that sort of um, approach to to making that video what it was. Well, and the photos that came out with the video. Mm. So you had the series of photos. Okay, I'll, I'll take credit. For yeah, this. <laughs> that came out after the imaging. Just did the power of of New Mexico, the power of the people. God, it's the ones with so Ileana's family. So oh my God. I'm going to give a backstory there. So Ileana Molina, she is uh, Pete's executive assistant. She's a uh, wonderful human. One of the people who I think Pete thanked when he came on the show and he owed thank yous to uh, rightfully so. Um, she has a family who's uh, been here so long. Um, I think, you know, on one of her family's side, it goes back to like the land grants and her other side. It's like, um, indigenous roots and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So uh, we got to go out to a little plot of land, not a little plot of land, a huge plot of land outside of Encino where her family has been for generations um, and hear about the land and what it meant from her grandfather, who is who is the gentleman who's pictured in the first and the last slide of that. Um, 
he he is one of the most inspiring individuals I think I've I've ever met. And he, he's he's a teacher, so he knows all the history, and he was he was dropping plenty of lessons. But man, it's like uh, those um, man those those storied New Mexicans are like uh, such 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 incredible uh, people right there. And I think you know that that sort of family um, that that is a multi generational New Mexican family. Um, for them to embrace a, a bunch of, uh, you know, outsiders with cameras and say, uh, you're a part of this family and, you know, to invite us back after it, you know, that's, <laughs> it's such a, it, we, we're so privileged to get to do what we do. Oh, it's incredible. And the photos were amazing. And, and I mean, there's so many New Mexicans that have that story that like, we've been here for generations and, and we were here before, like, like before this was part of the United States. I mean, this was mm-hmm. Mexico back when my right. family came here right. uh, and, and the U S kind of came over us. So yeah. it's incredible to hear those stories and just to see them in the images and see them as part of New Mexico United is, is incredible. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. And again, I, I think it's so cool that you guys have the opportunity to tell those stories. Um, yeah. I think it's a rare opportunity. Yeah. And uh, an opportunity that most soccer clubs would never take on but yeah. I think for for us um, you know if, we're, if we are New Mexico's team if, if we are you know wanting to be a, a, a rally point for for you know the state looking forward and being a better place um, we have to uh, we have to know those roots and, and really honor them and um, remind ourselves what we need to be proud of I agree wholeheartedly. So uh, on Twitter, shifting gears here, Jake Gutierrez says, just want to say, big fan. Yeah. That was it. J- Jake is, uh, I'm a big fan of Jake. Yeah, he, uh, He's a great guy. I think I think we've set a record for big fans in this match. We got a few more, I think. I, I initially yeah, tweeted, I don't know if you guys saw, I, I initially retweeted it and say I uh, I would take a shot for every time we use that phrase. But yeah, I saw that I saw that come up I, and then I saw it deleted. I, got, I, I deleted it because I was like, I have an 8.30 uh, meeting the next morning, so I don't want to. You were going to miss the Tulsa game if we had Yeah, I, I need to drive home tonight. Was a, well, we would have driven up the score on that intentionally, too. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, David Ortiz on Twitter says, what's up, Josh? Big fan of your work. Uh, Two questions. What did you learn while shooting the team and fans last year that you will take into this season? Mm. And number two, when the team breaks ground on our new stadium, will you put up a time-lapse cam for the construction? Oh, yeah. Uh, number two is, is an obvious yes. Um, if I don't do it, the construction companies always do. But nice. um, the time-lapse of Blue City's uh, stadium being built was really satisfying. It was really watch. cool. Uh, it's, it's so cool, man. I. I hope we uh, I hope we get to a championship and we get to play them in that stadium because that's a beautiful looking arena. Yeah, I, I, I kind of hope it's here. I mean, <laughs> that's, nice. that's the ideal. Cool. I'm I'm just saying either eventuality would be great. How about Open Cup? That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, there, we go. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, I, I uh, year one. What did I learn? Uh, you learn a lot about where to be for for certain imagery and whatnot, but you also learn a little bit about all the people, um, and I think. You know, when we had that preseason game that ended up being an inner squad game, um, that was like, it felt like we were just, the family was back together. And um, for me, that was what was so cool was usually when you photograph a large event with thousands of people, you're you're just trying to go around and try and catch candid moments. But mm. when I when I walk around a, a tailgate or, or around a stadium um, now after year one, it's like I'm just running into friends the whole time and 
um, snapping portraits of, of people who I know well. Um, Does that make it harder to do your job, though? People always run it over. Hey, Josh, how <laughs> you doing? Like, I'm trying to take a photo of you. Go away. I do. Yeah, I, I do feel bad. I, I have to, you know, kind of like have quick interactions sometimes um, just because there's a, a million things going at once and you want to try to capture all of it. Um, maybe one day I'll, I'll get a chance to slow down. And maybe have a beer with us. Maybe someday. Tulsa, Tulsa uh, after the Tulsa game on Sunday. All right, we've got a late flight, so let's do it. There you go. Yeah, the Tulsan Bar is waiting for us. It's a good place. Can't wait. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, RG, you got one? I don't. I have got one, ready. one here uh, on Twitter. Chris Hurst, uh, who's awesome, dude. What a guy. Uh, what a guy. Absolutely. Hey, unit. Josh, big fan. He uh, what is he's he? actually big. Like he's a yeah, big he's, fan. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a, huge. He's a large human bigger than me. He's six five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so big fan. What has been your favorite shoot while with the organization? Is it the off the cuff things that you capture, stage jersey reveals uh, that take a lot of prep, or funny ones with props? Like step ladders. Is there step a story ladders, behind that? Yeah. yeah. He's referencing. I don't know if I should say this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. I'm sorry, Tyler Ortega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you notice, we had a we had a recent uh, broadcaster announcement, um, in which uh, we announced our Spanish language broadcasters, which is uh, many and uh, Adriana, and uh, we also announced our English broadcasters for the year, um, which is Big Old Hersty and uh, Tyler Ortega, who is who is one of New Mexico United's front office's own. Uh, Great guy, incredible salesman, and, and even better broadcaster. I'm I'm stoked for him. This is like his dream to be uh, doing the broadcast. Um, but to create the graphic that I was going to create, we needed them to look of similar stature. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those who don't know, Tyler is is an average height fella, and and Chris Hurst is a humongous fella. Yeah, he's so. like giant. He's like Shaq. Yeah, he's he's gigantic. He's also got arms the size of of uh, Tyler cars. Um, <laughs> so, so so yeah, we we used a step ladder for that. Um, <laughs> thanks thanks to Tyler's balance for for making that work. So it's uh, like like <laughs> the Rock and Kevin Hart kind <laughs> yeah, of thing going on there. <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. No, I, I think um, favorite favorite shoots. I love I do love like the the jersey reveal stuff. I love whenever we get to shoot in Meow Wolf. Uh, excited for you guys to see the latest shoot we did in Meowth. That was super fun. Ooh. Um, you'll be seeing that here soon. The, uh, yeah. So Savannah tweeted in, if it's oh, not the oh, puppy she, calendars. Oh, yeah, she replied. Okay, this, yeah. Is, this is, that's got to be the best one ever, right? There's literally no day better than anybody could have at work than hanging <laughs> out with New Mexico United puppies. players and puppies so i was the photographer in that so my role is different right so i have to i have to get them to bathe and and you know execute the shot so for the first three and a half hours it was not great (laughs) (laughs) but then for the last half hour where i wasn't working and just hanging out with puppies was the it was the best shoot ever i remember watching the video of that shoot with like operatic music in the background it was awesome uh and there's one point where i see you're on your stomach taking a shot, I think of maybe Austin with a puppy mm-hmm. and the puppy sees you laying on the ground and yep. just bolts and you're there behind the camera and the puppy just attacks your face. And it's like, that's the coolest way to be interrupted at work ever. That, that was, yeah. And we now actually have resident dogs in the office. Yeah. So we've got, we've got uh, Desiree's puppy and we've got uh, Jessica's puppy. 
Uh, Frank has been Frank. on the show. Frank, been, yeah. Frank the Tank, you guys are familiar with. Ellie is, is another uh, great uh, front office dog. So. Frank made it in the studio before you did. That's not true. I came here and filmed when Devin That's true. Uh, was here like last year. So on the show then. Yeah. On the show we heard, we can hear him in the background. <laughs> there you go. Fair play. <laughs> That's deservedly so. I mean, he's, he's a legend. Frank's wonderful. Um, big fan. Big fan. Frank. Big, big fan, fan of Frank. Alex Mansfield on Twitter says, your biggest fan here, Josh. You were an accompli- excuse me, you were an accomplished photographer before United became a part of your life. How has your existing aesthetic translated to the creative vision that we've seen at United? In turn, how has this project changed the way you look at life through the lens? He always has like the deepest questions, like good yeah. questions. Great question, Alex. Big fan, man. He 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 really he really he's such an incredible dude. Yeah, he um, is. Really struggling to follow up him after last week, you know. You're doing uh, <laughs> you're doing a wonderful job. Um, oh man! So there's there's a few different pieces to unpack there. Uh, I don't think I was terribly accomplished before this. I just think I kept getting cool opportunities by circumstance. Um, but I definitely, um, you know, when I came into it, again, I hadn't really been photographing sports, um, and I actually got hired as as a sort of more of a design role than anything initially and, and photo was kind of like a nice added bonus and then as the you know as games came around it it was just kind of like okay this is my show to run now um just by virtue of being there uh i i think i look at it so much like a a, a collaborative effort between all the photographers that are shooting for the team um, we're super fortunate this year. We, we've we've been able to bring on some some new photographers who are you know young and hungry and believe in this team. And some of them you know are are very accomplished photographers in their own rights, but some of them are kind of young and up and coming. And I think how my thinking is different now is it's not just about one person being in every place at once with soccer. It's it's so much about being in the right place at the right time and. That's all luck. Uh, mm. you, you, but you got to you learn. You, I mean, you mentioned yeah, that earlier. You, you learn you, where you to do, be. You do learn. You know what what actions on the pitch are going to evoke what reactions off the pitch, and vice versa. But uh, uh, it's it's learning how to you know have faith in in the team around you to get what you can't get. Um, it's it's knowing what focal length, knowing what exposure, all the technical stuff. But but it's also um, it's discerning what moments matter most. And I, and I think, uh, you know, coming into it, you, th- you think, okay, well, you know, the thing that's happening on the field is going to be the most important thing. Obviously photographing the goals is one of the most important things. Um, but you know, through, through social media, through, through honestly y'all's interactions, we get to see that sometimes the, the most important things to photograph are the stories off of the pitch um, what's happening in, in the crowd. Um, I mean, obviously that's such a big part of our identity as a club is, is the support that we're so fortunate to have. Um, but yeah, uh, the other piece of his question, I, I think, um, how, how, you know, my life is different now that I've shot New Mexico United games for, for a year. Um, I don't shoot much else, honestly, these days, which I think, there's there's days where I wake up and you know that's a bummer and I wish I could you know get back out there and, and be doing more landscapes but um, then the other side of it is recognizing that this is something that's changing people's lives and 
if you said to you know 12 year old josh who was pouring over national geographic magazines seeing you know images that were changing people's lives um and said you could do that through a camera yourself and you could do it through soccer and you know build like a community like it's i i I don't know how many different ways to say that I am lucky and grateful. Yeah. it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, we just got one in on Facebook. Or did you want to do one, RJ, real quick? Yeah, we had a – so it's the director of innovation from New Mexico United tweeted at us. Oh. Uh, you know, I want a cool title. Sure. I want to be like the producer of transformation. All right. I want, that's my title now, of the curse. Official uh, the producer, producer of, of transformation. I think you and I have the I ability to make effective. that happen. This, uh, yeah. I mean, we just we so, step it up. so if moved. You, if you kneel here, we've got a, we've got a sword. We can We're gonna uh, have to do that. you but as. The director of innovation for New Mexico United, Lucas Cash, tweeted in, Hey, Josh, big fan. Uh, looking f- uh, lots of folks probably don't realize what a young bloke you are because you're such a fantastic leader. Let's face it, you're an absolute unit, which I completely agree with, even though it's Lucas. Uh, what sage <laughs> advice, whether it come from one of the coaches, seasoned players, has had an impact on you? That's a great question. He wants you to reference him. He's yeah. totally setting up to be like, he's, can you give me a compliment, please? He's, he's setting it up. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I'm actually ignoring his text right now. So, <laughs> Lucas, I'm so sorry for ignoring all these texts that you seem to be panically texting me. But uh, I got to answer your question. Um, when, when the director of innovation asks you a question, you have to answer. That's right. Um, there's been a lot of uh, really incredible, I think, advice verbatim. Um, I think on the night of the the black and yellow bash, Troy gave me some really incredible advice that I I definitely treasure. Um, every time I talk to Suggs, uh, that's honestly part of my favorite pieces of traveling is is knowing that there's a conversation with Suggs coming up and he's just going to check in on how I'm doing and, and give me some crazy good advice. Uh, he, I think he's you know steered me in the right direction in a lot of ways. Um, but honestly, I th- I think the advice that that I like take his advice more so than anything else is, is watching people's actions and how the leaders around me in this space lead. Um, and I, and I see that in Peter, um, day in and day out, uh, that man could be doing anything that he wants in this world. And he's in an office with people who are younger than him, who are not as intelligent as him, who are, uh, you know, just, trying to make something work and and he's he's the most humble guy uh in the room um and not not just in terms of how he presents himself but his work ethic and his Mm -hmm. his dedication to those around him and his his willingness to look after people um and, and make sure that we have what we need to succeed um i look at i look at how troy lesane leads and and it's compassion first it's culture first um, and he, he's the most inspirational speaker I've ever heard. Uh, you know, maybe second only to Pete give on the given day. It depends what they're talking about and how, how riled up they are. Right. Um, but you know, tr- Troy, Troy leads with such intention. Um, and for me, you know, especially given a lot of my stuff is in relation to social media, it's so go, go, go. And our, our time is always, we're always looking for more of it. Um, that intentionality is something I'm always aspiring to. Um, and then I think what, what, you know, 
I keep coming back to with, you know, Suggs is, is a great exemplar of, of, of this trait, but I think it's, you can find it in, in every single player and I can find it in any you guys day in and day out. And, you know, David, honestly, watching, watching you lead this, this, uh, band of ruffians is, um, is inspirational in and of its, its own right. Um, but you guys are, are just so humble with, with your time and so giving and selfless and, the way that you guys give to this club, the way that every supporter gives to this club, the way that the players try their best to, to give you guys something to to look up to and, and look forward to. Um, nothing about any of this is about the individual. Um, it's about the collective, yeah. which, which is... A, let's, let's talk about the collective a, as much as possible. a certain reference. Um, <laughs> but... It, it, it genuinely is. None of this is about me. None of this is about you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about this this idea that we all buy into that New Mexico deserves better um, and that this can be a part of what that is. Um, and if we all say yes, then there's no one who's going to get in the way and say no. Um, and so, I, yeah, there's... there's so much advice and leadership and I've gone way too long on that question, but... Uh, Lucas gets me in that headspace. So. I, I love, uh, I love that there are so many leaders within the club, and that you that you can take that long to answer that question because, like, just every single one of those guys, whether they be on the roster, whether they be in the front office, whether they be at wherever they whatever level they may be in the coaching staff, uh, they all are people who are giving of their time and their advice willingly and openly because they want to make everybody else better around them, which is awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's one of a kind, man. I, I don't, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Me either. Me either. All right. And Aaron reader, uh, just posted this as we were recording on Facebook. He said, Hey, are you guys recording now? Yes, we are. Um, maybe I can squeeze this in. Hey, Josh, big fan. When you think about New Mexico or New Mexico United, what story are you trying to tell with your camera? What are you hoping people in or outside of our state are reading in your photos? That's a phenomenal question. It is a great question. I, I like, like that. that. I like that. That uh, I think it extends beyond photos. It, it it goes into our videos. It goes into our, our graphics. Um, it goes into our messaging. Um, shouts out to Jessica and Lucas on, on that, that yeah. voice and messaging piece. Um, I think it's hope. I, I think uh, Pete gave a speech recently called the economics of hope and that's that's very much what we're we're trying to do here is give people something to be hopeful for and and hopeful about um i think it's it's pride pride of place you know this is a place to be proud of um and if you don't see why then we're giving you a reason why um ideally um and i think it's uh community um it's it's that passion it's you know, it, it's the the stories like um, Sombrero Man, who you know his his family is different because of this team. It's it's uh, the family from from Zuni um, who who come to every single game and they have something that that brings them closer to each other. And um, it's it's the kid without a, a father in in Roswell who you know has has these idols in Estrada and Mizell and. Devin, who you know they they've come to his town now. He's met them. He knows they're real. Yeah. Um. And he gets to watch them every weekend and and see like man if you know David says 
if work if working hard is is what this takes then you know i can do that too um there's there's all this all this weight to what we do and you know it's our responsibility in the front office just like it's the player's responsibility on the pitch um to to continue giving you guys reason to to be hopeful there's a this club has given us a lot of reasons to be hopeful and to be proud and we talk about it every week we're lucky to be in the position we are uh to have the ability to talk about it every week and to kind of be a an avenue if you will or Mm -hmm. a a way for people to express hey this is what you know i'd like to find out from the club or or talk to the club about but uh we feel rj and i I think i speak for both us when i say we feel so fortunate to be able to do this every week yeah man you you guys you know while 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 people are listening to me drone on uh, this is one of the best damn podcasts out here. Oh, thank um, you. The only ones that I like maybe more Dungeons and Daddies, which uh, <laughs> I haven't listened to that one. <laughs> there you go. Now I'm a, I'm the nerd. No, I, I Dungeons I, and Dragons. I listen to a Dungeons out. and Randomness, so you're you're there you go. you're not alone in that. God, I feel weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> you're the cool person in the room. I know RJ. what the hell happened. <laughs> RJ is the coolest. This person is not in the good room. Yeah. for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it says something about all of us. I think. <laughs> we're we're all, we're all comfortable in our nerddom. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah I need to find something. I guess I don't know. Soccer's your nerddom. My, well, yeah, this is something brand new at too. It's yeah, not. it's good. Love it. All right, I think that was that the last of the questions, RJ. Yeah, that is. Okay, so, so let's uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we got a little more to uh, ask uh, to to ask Josh and a few th- the other you know housekeeping things to get to. So let's take a quick break. Uh, that way we could uh, you know finish our drinks here and uh, get to the next segment. So yeah. we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Chris Cast. New Mexico United home match is Saturday, March 21st against regional rival El Paso Locomotive FC. Let's pack the lab for the first chapter of the 2020 campaign. Gates open at 6pm and on-field festivities begin at 7.15. The first 3,500 fans through the gates will receive a free opening night flag. Don't miss the goals, the saves and the rowdiest crowd in American soccer. For tickets, call 209-7529 or visit tickets.newmexicoutd.com for more information. Somos Unidos. Hey, it's New Mexico United defender David Nadrum, and you're listening to the CurseCast. You know, David, every week we put out a list of who our guest is going to be and who's going to be on the show, and I can't wait to see what question Josh Lane has. Hey, big fan. Awesome question. Every week, yeah, and it's it, without fail. It, it's one of my favorite parts of the week. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of the week. We didn't guys. get one of those this week. What the hell, man? Um, so I look, man. I can ask myself questions, but no one wants to know those answers. I'm I want to know those questions. I'm constantly <laughs> asking myself questions, like at all times, and I usually don't start them with big fan. So uh, enough of my self loathing. But you gotta gas yourself up, man. You're right. You're 100 percent right. We look forward to that. Que- those questions every week from you. Uh, 
always one of our most insightful questioners, I think. Um, and you go deeper into a lot of things. So it's not every, it's not just about soccer. You go into the person, which is, we absolutely love. We've talked about this plenty of times. We love getting into more of the story, more of the person, and getting that is is fantastic. Yep, absolutely. It's it's fun for us. And um, I, I think kind of what we were getting at earlier, RJ, was that there are things we love the soccer. The soccer is hugely important. That's what's brought us together in the first place. But there are things that are more important than the soccer. And Josh, you've talked about this a lot tonight. There are things that are more important in bringing this community together than just the soccer. And Peter says this all the time. You know, mm. soccer's the vehicle for bringing the community get together, and it's wonderful. But soccer's not why we do what we do. Right. It's it's such a big piece of it. Obviously, none of us would be here without this sport. Um, it's crazy the way that like the sport gives back to you when you, when you give it, I mean, that's, that's true of anything you, uh, you get out what you put into it. Um, and I think because everyone's putting so much into this, we're getting so much more out of it, um, beyond just the football. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, the season is back. We are underway in season two. And with that season two of the curse cast is back and now making its debut in 2020, the good, the bad, and the ugly is back. back. Good this has be been back. my favorite segment all last season, and it's going to be my favorite segment all this season. So, uh, David, let's get to it. All right. Let's start with my ugly, because, again, we always end on a good note. My ugly, it's an ugly from last year as well. It's USL officiating, RJ. A handball right before the, the only the <laughs> return of terrible officiating. <laughs> uh, a handball right before... The penalty given, uh, the, that handball not called blatant. I'm looking at a photograph of it right now. Look at this. Look at this. And this is bad radio, but yeah. look at this, Josh. Come on. No, it's it's I blatant. Mean, I'm I'm a team representative. Yeah. So okay. I, you can't say. Yeah, you no, can't no, no. say it's, anything. It, that was a handball. Yeah, it's a handball. I, I I wrote the same thing. Yeah. USL officiating, which is started out as ugly as it ended last season, mm-hmm. and I don't see any sign of it improving. Ever. Uh, it is what at least they're consistently bad, I guess, is the one thing we can get at. All right. Josh, hopefully you got something a little more different than what we had. I do. My ugly is seeing our crest in Phoenix's colors. Uh, I don't know if Blah! the people on the Twitterverse have, have seen Blah! it's all the rivalries. Uh you know, you have you have the um Blah! <laughs> You have the different teams who, who are who are obvious rivals in, in one another's colors and uh I'll, I'll be damned if Phoenix's logo didn't look good in our colors because everything looks good in our colors. Yeah, but that's right. Man, those colors of Phoenix look like dog it, shit it, on ours. Here's the thing, are they are they really our rivals? I mean <laughs> I think we're they, just above they, them. Yeah, honestly. we're we're so much better than them. Yeah. yeah. Individually and collectively. Certainly the moral high ground. Yeah, and and the high ground really in in every aspect of it. I mean, I will say we're even with them in total championships. That's important to point out. Level playing field. Yeah. Other than that, just far far superior to them. Hi, we have we have silverware. (laughs) Congratulations. Uh, uh, We have fine china. Whatever. We've taken second place twice. (laughs) Congratulations. Enjoy your not titles. Uh, Anyway, let's move on to the bad. Uh, We've talked about Phoenix Rising. They're bad enough as it is. Uh, My bad someone a little closer to home Alex Mansfield you are my bad this week yeah yeah you deserve that boo and much more yeah what uh Alex last week on our season preview roundtable you predicted that a Mr. Dadashov for a club we don't need to talk about anymore uh would be your golden boot winner three goals thanks man that's your fault 
That's your fault. Wouldn't have happened if you didn't say it. You put that out into the universe. Dadashov gets three goals for Phoenix Rising, and they score six. Go to hell, Alex. They're not even in Phoenix. Genuinely terrified. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're good. They're good. I don't want to say all that, but they're really good. Can't wait to beat them at least twice, maybe three times. That'd be cool. How did Santi do? Uh, oh, yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't make the I think team. He, I think he was injured. He was injured. Was that RJ's good? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your bad, RJ? Uh, my bad is uh, people calling out the team already after one match. <sighs> New Mexico United fans, what's go- what the hell's going Stop on? It. Get off the ledge. It, it was one match. The sky we is falling. Played great. You look at the stats. We were the better team. You look at the film. We were the better team. They only had one shot on I goal mean, the whole match. Yeah, give me a break. Get off the edge. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the season. Get get your head out of your ass and have some fun. And, and if the team doesn't wave at you, the team doesn't wave at you. Come on. It's the end of the world as we know it well help coronavirus <laughs> uh but no i i agree with you wholeheartedly i think we talked a little bit about you know it's one match it's not the end of the world and they were the better team sometimes the bounce they? doesn't go your way yeah it's i mean i've heard so many complaining and so many couch quarterback uh yeah. tired of it yeah it's all right great arm <laughs> Tim Couch, uh, we're gonna we're gonna win this week in Tulsa, and everybody's gonna forget about it. So, but even if we even if we lose, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. This is now a BDSM podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna cue these sirens while we're uh, oh, yeah. oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Josh, you are bad. My bad is the Las Vegas Lights, um, and they're they have more kits than they have players. <laughs> um, I, I, I I held myself back from tweeting about this this week, just yeah. to, but they are at the point where they have a kit that will go to the highest bidder. You are asking as a club, as a professional organization with a lot of cash, because you drop it from helicopters, yep. for your your fans to pay for their jersey design to be the one that your club wears. If that money was going to charity, okay, it's a different conversation. Yeah. But to just like, here, give us your money. Yeah. And then we're going to sell it and you're going to give us more of your money. That's just like, guys, you got to think this through a so, little bit. So I tweeted at them about this um, and I said a couple things. I said, um, you should change the format of it. If you're trying to bring in the most cash, Make it like auction format. Right. So that way, Josh, if you outbid me, I can be like, okay, I need to up my bid. Right. There's no way for me to know now because the way they do it is there's a form and you submit your design and how much you're willing to pay. That's not going to drive up prices. Nope. But more importantly, to your point, I the second part of my tweet was, all right, where's this money going to? Like, what cause is it going to? Got, yep. no, got no response. Pay for Bobo. <laughs> so Las Vegas Lights have more kits than all-time wins. That's, that is a fact. You heard it here first. Wow, that's a stat. That's a stat and a half. I love that. Tells you all you need to know, man. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I, their fans were nice. I did not enjoy the experience of going to Las Vegas no. for that match. I mean, granted, we lost heavily, which is part of it. Um, but the, the kiddie so pools hot. and it was hot and the wild wacky arm waving inflatable tube. I, did. I love I those. I did not. I did not love that. Um, Bobo, I did not like. Bobo was like the worst part. 
He was so obnoxious during the match. Like literally, his name was Bobo. I, I don't think it was actually. That's what we refer to him. Okay. I don't remember what his actual like, name was. Bobo. Some, I don't know. It's that's awful. Something like something that. close. It's not far off. Yeah, like Bozo. Or, yeah, but it's right. just like during the match in the run of play, he's like, "Well, what's he doing?" Well, oh, uh, like, they're playing. Yeah, shut up, doobie. Shut up. Yeah, on the microphone, on the loudspeaker. No, no. Anyway, Slama Dama Ding Dong. Great, love it. Perfect, wonderful. All right, let's let's end on a higher note. Yeah, let's get to our goods. Dude, let's do it. All right, our good, uh, my good is I am very excited to go see our friends in Tulsa. I I love those fans. I've said it on the podcast a hundred times before. The Lunatics, uh, who used to, and then the the used to be Roustabouts, now eighty three United, the Wrench Maidens. Uh, I am excited to go see them. They are some of my favorite fans in the USL. I'm excited to go and hopefully get three points. Unlike last year, uh, we had some. We lost two one there last year in October. Excited to hopefully go there, get a win, and then go to the Tulsa afterwards, play some ping pong, win. By the way, a very important trophy uh, we're going to be competing for. The curse is competing against the Lunatics slash 83 United in a uh, a very important derby that's going to be repeated every single year. The winner gets uh, a trophy for the. It's gonna, we're going to pick one ping pong player. They're going to pick one ping pong player, and it, it's just very, it's very important. So all this hot dog eating competition I've been pr- practicing for <laughs> is not going to even happen. That's <laughs> it's my daily diet. Okay. <sighs> David, who's who's the curse's champion? We don't know. We don't know yet. We didn't do like a qualifier. We got to figure that out. I'm yeah. kind of asking around, like, hey, are are you good at ping pong? Because we need nice. someone. Nice. We need an ace. I'm pretty good. I gotta say, I'm pretty good. Um, I would imagine because I think one of the the members of the Lunatics is like a part owner of the Tolson. I would imagine they probably oh, play ping pong a lot. Filthy. Yeah, they probably We're are going to get sauced. Uh, <sighs> I believe in you. I believe in you. Thanks for thanks for your, your vote on morals. <laughs> We're gonna get sauced. Yeah, great. I mean, we are gonna get sauced. There you go. Uh, and then one. that'll be an excuse if we lose. Be like, oh yeah, I was very drunk. Just very drunk. I know I only so had one beer, but just very drunk. Yeah, that's absolutely too much sodium. It's great. All right, RJ, you're ugly. I have a t- my good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Actually, I just got it. <sighs> <laughs> that was good. RJ, you're Not good. Lucas, <laughs> what's it? That was a genuine mistake, but yeah. I played it off like I didn't mean to do it. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. Freudian uh, slip. So I have, I have two goods. Two goods. Two goods. Uh, the first one is uh, Manny Escavel, Adriana Cortina, Chris Hurst, Tyler Ortega, Adam Deal, and the Stepstool. Hageman. And the step stool for Tyler, <laughs> but uh, the the broadcast teams for, for New Mexico United, Spanish uh, television, English television, and radio. Congratulations! Incredible Bravo. casts uh, we have there, and I was able to uh, listen to some of the uh, broadcasts on TV on, on radio with uh, Adam Dill and Andy Hageman, and, and incredible work by both of them. Um, I haven't gotten to hear stuff. any of it yet because so I was in the stadium. You were in the stadium, yeah. So I, I was driving to the watch party, so I listened to the pregame, and then the, I listened to the postgame afterwards, driving home. Uh, with the girls, uh, really, really good stuff. I was able to hear a good interview with Troy and and stuff like that. Um, and and my my other part, the part two of the good is while I was listening to the pregame, driving up to uh, to Debrew Lab where I watched the the match. Um, when the curse walked in to the stadium, you can hear them clearly on the radio. Yeah, and and the excitement that both Andy and Adam had just describing 
the the action, just describing the curse walking as this powered force, just the overpowering the the numbers of, of Austin's fans just sounded so great and so cool. And to see it, you know, the pictures and videos of stuff like that is is incredible. Just that force of of, of people who went out to support on the huge road trip, um, not an easy place to get to from Albuquerque. No, so incredible not. fan support. Uh, match one. I wonder if there's a place I can go back and listen. I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that kind of description, the pregame that you're talking about. It was really cool. Like when you walked in, they're just like, and here they are. Yeah. And you can hear the the drums, and you can hear the chants, and, and the screams, and laughs, and and people uh, who are already in their seats, just like excited that you guys were on your way to go sit with them, and and it was really cool. And if I could have a second, good, I want to add it is is the people who traveled. I want to echo what you're saying there. And uh, you know, we we had the opportunity to go. And it was a lot of fun, but Austin, as you said, is not close. And we had over 150 fans make the trip. That doesn't include, you know, WAGs and, and that separate allocation for like the team. So just 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 from the fan allocation, the curse allocation, over 150 to make that trip for the first match of the season was amazing. The, these people dedicated to the club. They love the club. They went out there and they cheered their hearts out for 90 minutes, you know. All the way to, I think it went 93 minutes. They were they were going the entire time, even you know at the end where it's like, okay, we may not win this. It didn't matter. They were still cheering. Yeah, you could still hear you on the on the broadcast too on television. And what's really cool is members of other supporters groups like uh, the Houston Dynamo supporters group and the Minnesota United supporters group mm-hmm. were rooting on New Mexico United with you guys. Yeah, so some of the folks that we knew from ISC, so Sam from Wonderwall, uh, we knew her from ISC, but we also met her when we went up to Minnesota for the Open Cup last year she heads up dark clouds um and uh Henderson. wes henderson from the texan army uh there which is the houston dynamo supporters group and he is a new mexico native uh used to be a big albuquerque soul fan um but he lives in houston now he drove from houston to see the match and hang out with us as well uh we met him at isc as well and we all kind of hung out and watched uh sam wasn't able to make it to the match but west did come to the match and we all hung out we all had some beers and it's it's cool to the uniting power that soccer has even across locations, you know, from Minnesota, New Mexico to Houston and everywhere in between. Could you ever imagine just hanging out with with that crew? Just someone from Minnesota, someone f- that's living in Houston and, and you just how cool is that? It just what United has done to bring us together, what soccer does to bring people together and, and the supporters culture when it's done right. Yep. I mean, you see a lot of supporters groups that maybe aren't done right. But when you when you see it, what, what, what people are doing at ISC and when you see the supporters culture done right, it's just incredible yeah. how it brings people together. And, and when you say supporters culture done right, that's not to say that, hey, the way we do it is better than the way you do it. The way that's to say. No, I mean, I'm talking about being inclusive. That's and, what I mean. And, and, yes. and being positive and knowing that you're here for the community and. The team, not just kind of yourself and to exactly. drink and, and to, to scream racial slurs or other stuff like that. It's it's about being inclusive and bringing everyone in. Everyone's welcome. That's that's what I mean. I'm not saying no, absolutely. Our is better than you. No. I mean, only if to Phoenix because ours is better than theirs. Yeah, but that's true. yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The, the the uniting power of soccer and people doing it, as you said, the right way, that inclusive way. And there's there's a there's a vein that runs through all of supporters culture as you said when it's done right and i think that's oh there's two it's it's a love for soccer and a love for one's community and you can always find that no matter where you go in supporters culture you'll find that and you can bond with people over those two things you'll always find it it's great all right josh you're good man listening to you guys just that was good supporters culture is important it really is yeah it's a beautiful thing um 
that that that's a that's a good segue. Uh, I want to actually ask you guys questions. A year ago today, we had our first game. Yeah, as United. So a year and a day ago, RJ, what did New Mexico United mean to you? So, uh, it, I like this. It was yeah. That's a really good question. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't know how to describe this. I had a, a group of people that I was barely getting to know, like David and and a bunch of people who he worked <laughs> really hard on a tifo that was oh. a thousand pounds and and scully. Uh, <laughs> Throwing something together that we've never done before and expecting not very many people to be there and not knowing, are we even going to have enough fans to lift a TIFO or are we going to have enough fans to to do this? Because when we painted the TIFO, the first one, there was about 8 to 12 people, I think, who showed up consistently to help us with that. And now, I mean, there's at least 30 people who show up to TIFO paintings now. So just to describe how that's transformed and the processes we've we've learned like yeah we don't, use drop, don't use drop cloth because it, it soaks up the pain and, <laughs> and it's literally weighs, what it's there it for. weighs so much and, and it's going to be too heavy and it's going to crush everyone uh but but people could have suffocated <laughs> <laughs> they did you you pulled a smoke bomb oh yeah that's another thing today. we learned <laughs> don't pull a smoke bomb when you do a tifo because <sighs> it goes straight underneath it looks really cool <laughs> but everybody so, dies uh, we, we learned a lot in this past year but i i just knew that this team was new mexico and i was not going to let it fail mm. uh, this team i don't i didn't care if, if there was going to be only 50 members of the curse in three years or or if there's only going to be a thousand people going to the games i was going to be one of those thousand and i was not going to let this team fail because so many teams have come through Albuquerque and failed and failed and failed and this seemed different. This seemed like something I wanted to be a part of. And after I mean I would say even just a week of actual play and a week of actually seeing what's gone on, people bought in. I mean there's I don't remember what that first attended game was, but it was in the thousands, high thousands. And then it, it just twelve five, which was our average, I think. Right. And and it built from there. So just to see how many people also bought in not i mean uh, not just me i mean you have so many different people who who have come together in in this weird strange way that that brings us together as family to bring us together as friends we have uh, disagreements we have our arguments but we're always there with each other uh we, we probably like each other more than we like some of our own family members right. which is which is yeah. amazing that's pretty accurate. uh but yeah i mean how do you how do you describe what this team meant to us a year and a day ago? Yeah, same question for you, David. Oh, a year and a day ago, I was not sleeping. Yeah, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. Uh, we were we were up till three a.m. Still finishing that tifo, um, and I was yeah, I was nervous about us getting it done. Uh, we were at the Albuquerque Convention Center painting Scully. Um, and even if we did get it, like we got to the point where like, okay, we're going to finish this in time. Even when we got to that point, I was just like, I have no idea how things are going to go tomorrow. Like we have like a tailgate question mark. We have all of these things that we're going to try and do for the first time. And when I say do for the first time, like introduce to a community for the first time. I mean, it was new to us because we'd never done it in this community. Like I, I again, I've been part of supporters culture in other places, but never in a leadership position. I was just there and having fun. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to take these things that I've learned a little bit and do my best. And it was just a few of us. It was, you know, we were, there were, like you said, about a dozen of us putting this TIFO together and we're like, are we, is this going to work? Is it going to work? Um, I was scared more than anything. I, I was nervous, nervously excited 
obviously we finally have a, a we have a professional soccer team. I'm so excited for the match, but there's like this responsibility on us. We've got to make it go. We've got to make it work. Um, thankfully, it did. <laughs> we, we people bought in. It was the what Peter always says? People said yes. People chose to say yes, mm-hmm. uh, and that makes all the difference. It made all the difference then. It makes all the difference now. Um, we did have, uh, going into that match, we did have a few meetups with, with people saying, Hey, this is the curse and here's our, our songs and chants that we want to sing. So we had people show up to that, but until you, you see it, yeah, until, until and, you saw the smoke bombs, until you heard the drums, until the flags were up, that's when people said, Oh, I want to do that. I want to be part of that. I can't tell you how many people have said to me like, yeah, I was over in this section. I was up in the box. I was this, I was that. And then I saw what you guys are doing and I said, I need to be there. And that's when people bought in and that's when like, okay, now we can breathe a sigh of relief and we know we're going to keep working, but we've got something here. Thank you, Devin too, because without that first goal, that's right. I mean, we went batshit crazy when Devin put that away. I mean, it was a thunder strike too. It was a thunder bastard. Thunder bastard. So, oh man. Just when that first goal, I mean, you do all that work and you're there and you're cheering and you're finally, you're off the ground. But once that first goal went in and we were able to lose our we're minds. We're real at that point. We, yeah, we, we, we made it. Yeah. Looks like we made it. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, to answer your question in a long-winded way, 366 days ago, that's where we were emotionally, I think. Nice. Yeah. You're uh, clearly no different now. <laughs> I think your lives are exactly the same. Uh, Nothing we has we aged about ten years last year. I didn't have gray hair. I will say, you like had this, hair. Last year. That's true. That's a good point. Like you I had hair and it was black. I had hair and it was blackish brown, and now like the little hair I have left on the sides is salt and pepper. <laughs> this is just a year, guys. Uh, it's just a year. No. Oh God. I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, no, maybe maybe for hair plugs, but uh, <laughs> no, no. You have, to, you have to pay for those. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, my my good is all that for you two and everyone else who was a part of it, and the six thousand who got to experience that for the first time in San Diego. Yeah, uh, I'm happy the, for them. The thousands who did that again in Memphis and elsewhere around the country. Who you know. Uh, Nashville, the 60,000 people who got to do that for the first time there. Um, that's just like, I know those, none of, none of those are as important as what we're doing here, obviously. Duh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a few hundred thousand more people who now get to claim their own version of this incredible, uh, community and culture. And I think that that's, that's a pretty good thing. It's a cool story that everybody can tell in their own way. You know, and whether that be across one supporters group or across multiple teams and everybody there's there's like I said before, there's similar veins that run through all of supporters culture, but everybody has their own unique culture that surrounds it and their own unique spin and take on it. And it's cool. It's so cool. You know, you'll go to Minnesota and, you know, they'll tell you the story about how important their community is to them, just like we do. Mm. But it's so different. Very. It's so Minnesotan. It's not New Mexican. Um, and that's not one is not better than the other. It's just different and exciting and awesome. Yeah. Colloquial. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. RJ, 
Yes. We, we have some so to thank. we have a lot of people to thank, and, and you know what? You, you can go to thecursenm.com to see them. Cursenm.com. Cursenm.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not the, just cursenm.com. You can also go to the bgn.fm. Find our page on there. You'll see all these people that we'd like to thank. Uh, there's there's so many of them. The list is growing daily. Uh, we we absolutely love everyone who's helping us put on the curse cast, helping us put on the curse. Uh, huge shout out to everybody who brought books this weekend at our watch parties. Yes. Uh, the huge amount of books that we're going to be able to donate to the city of Albuquerque for the Read to Me book drive. Uh, those books will be on the city buses. So, uh, uh, kids, and we're still collecting. And we're still collecting. So if you want to go by, um, I know for sure Star Brothers has a uh, bookshelf that you can put the books on. If you go over to Brew Lab in Rio Rancho, you can put it in the bin. It's right in the front. And Conjure Salon in Old Town. And Conjure Salon in Old Town uh, is also collecting books. So And Hollow Spirits as well. And yes, Hollow Spirits is yes. still collecting. So find the bins at any of those places. We're still collecting books. Um, we, we've got a, a new fundraiser coming up this weekend. We, we were collecting toys, clothes, stuff like this for the uh, Birthday Project NM, which is a really great project. Um, it, it's it's giving birthday parties and, and stuff supplies to homeless kids of New Mexico who, who otherwise wouldn't have stuff like this. Uh, so if you have something that you could donate this week, uh, please, please bring it to any of those locations as well. Uh, Brew Lab here in Albuquerque, you could go to Brew Lab, Hollow Spirits or Star Brothers and Conjure Salon as well in Old Town just to donate a lot of those uh, goods because this is an amazing opportunity for the curse to be able to give back to the community. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. It's, as we've said before, the most important thing we do. Yes, it is. I mean, it's a, it really is second to supporting the team even. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to make our community a better place is exactly why we exist, and it's exactly why New Mexico United exists. We're following their lead in this. Um, it, it's it's a way to make everything we do and what they do uh, just impactful, and to be able to, to give back to the community in this way is, is really going to help us. So if you get a chance, uh, we, we toys clothes, any sizes, uh, just bring them over to any of the Albuquerque watch party locations, the cursed Albuquerque watch party locations and Conjure Saloon and uh, Salon. Salon. Saloon. I was That'd be cool too. Yeah, you That'd know what cool. I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, Benny and Katie, get on that. <laughs> Spinoff. Uh, so, so yeah, anything you can donate, we'd really appreciate. Absolutely. All right, David, that's another episode. All right. And uh, Josh, huge thank you to you for, for joining us, too. It's hey, guys. Really big, big fan. fan. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> it's uh, great to have you in studio. We, we love seeing you out anytime we get a chance, and it's even better to, to hang out with you in, in, in as long as we were able to today. Yeah, thanks for indulging my long-winded answers. I love it. Yeah, we, Thank you, guys. Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but up next, FC Tulsa in Tulsa this weekend. Before we go, your prediction. Oh, wait, we forgot one thing. Let's wait for the prediction. Our guests always get the floor for a shout oh, out. I right. completely forgot that. All oh, right. Yeah. So this happens every episode. Our guests get the floor to shout out whomever they want. Their friends, family members, whoever, whatever you want to do. The floor is yours, Mr. Lane. Okay. Oh, man. Um, now everyone's got to listen to the end, or at least the people I got to shout out. They That's right. To the end, so. You got to make sure you tell them so that we have some viewers who go, listeners who go to the end. Time spent listening yeah, is going to go this, up. This was, uh, hey. this was RJ's plan all along. Was just, <laughs> you have to listen to the end. Yep. Um, man, I I got to thank uh, El Jefe, uh, Pete, for, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a kid. Like, I'm 23 years old and I'm getting to do this, which is stupid um, that I get trusted with this amount of 
creative freedom and leadership for you know something that matters so much to so many people uh it's 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 an honor and um i try and make sure that i do the best i can every day for for y'all and so i i I gotta thank pete for for trusting me to do that um for troy for uh you know helping with with being patient with with me and um letting me do crazy things with his players who he needs to perform week in week out um i gotta thank you guys for uh, a having me on and, and B um, being the reason that I think this is so successful without um, the curse, without New Mexicans, without um, everyone who attends a game. Um, you know, we we would not be in the position we are. We are very blessed to be in the position that we are. Um, and then I, I also got a, you know, huge thanks to um, my brother who not only is just been like really supportive in terms of um, we don't spend as much time together doing the things that we want to do, you know, usually, but now he's actually, he's actually working with the team as well and, and doing some pretty incredible stuff. If you like the many minute, then you got a shout out to young Ben Lane. Cause that was, that was him. Obviously it was many too, but uh, <laughs> um, he helped produce that uh, shout out to uh, all the other members of the front office staff. Um, if you guys, if, if, Listeners haven't been in a while. We've got some new staff members come by and say hi to them. There's some incredible new additions to our team. Um, and then I already gave some love to the mom and dad, but may as well do that again. Wouldn't be here without them. So Literally. Yeah, I mean, in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. In so many ways. I could still be in South Africa. There you go. You know? So here we are, man. There we are. All right. Thanks, guys. So uh, what we were going to get to right before that, your prediction for FC Tulsa. Uh, my prediction, pain, that's really hard. Um, see Brandon Morris, our technical director or one of our director of soccer ops doesn't make predictions cause he's, he starts, if he says someone's going to score a goal, then he starts rooting for them and he starts rooting against other players. <laughs> so, so I'm afraid to do it, but I, th- I think we'll get, uh, I think we'll get a two nil win. Okay, so no players, but we'll go with I'm the score. I'm not going to say who's going to score. All right, that's good. I like that. I like no. that. Well, I feel like, and I've done score predictions before and, and picked players, and I feel like if they're listening, and I, it's like, oh, man, they picked us to score. Like, we now we really got a lot of pre- it's extra pressure, right? Maybe we should avoid players. Yeah, let's All do that. All right, let's do it. Oh, you got, what's your score? 3-1. Who's going to score? New Mexico. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Cody and... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cody, Ben, Cody and Phil. Phil. <laughs> that's right. Uh, like Prince so off the bench. 3-1 New Mexico. I like that. Uh, I think we're getting our first clean sheet of the season. Uh, I'm going to echo Josh here, and I'm going to say 2-0. I like that score for us. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. You know the one <laughs> I did. Good them. shout. Good job. Um, yeah, I just I, I, I love the way we played defensively last week, and the goals are coming. Amando mm-hmm. Amando looked really good last week. I think I think he's he's just it's we're too good offensively not to not yeah. to score. The goals are coming and the defense looked great last week. So two nil is my prediction as well. That's a good prediction. Uh, also make sure tune in Saturday eleven to noon here on ESPN Radio one one seven. The team to United Weekly. Uh, we will have a breakdown of the last game preview of Tulsa and we have an interview with Kalen coming up. Yeah, the brick shit has himself. We can't say that. On ESPN Radio, we can say it here on the podcast. Brick shithouse. Yeah, we can say that as much as we want here. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have Kalen Ryden on this big Saturday. Fan. A big fan, big fan. But uh, anyway, until then, Josh, RJ, somos unidos. We, we are, are united. united.